Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got a spooky discussion around this week's tech news, including the frightening Apple Touch Bar, the scary Surface Studio, and the chilling screams of a dying vine. It's all tricks and no treats right now on this Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 147, recorded October 31st, 2016. On Touch Bar, Surface Studio, and Death on the Vine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic. I'm your Fright Master, Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys who didn't only do the Monster Mash, they actually thought it was a graveyard smash. It is Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Hello. Happy Halloween. Spooky. All right. That that might have been a little bit. All right, all right. That was enough fun. This is why I need (laughs) one of those, uh, like, uh, morning radio show soundboards. Yes, so I can that's play what the we've been missing. I know, and then we can do all the wacky... What's preventing us from having one? Um, my lack of interest in purchasing a soundboard. You have to buy them? It's not just like... Oh, you can get software versions, but... So what I could do, believe it or not, I could do it, but to make it so you guys can hear it, and by that I mean Dan and Colby, I, I have to f- feed it back in its... I haven't yet figured out a way to easily do it. For some reason, software doesn't let you do it. There has to actually be a hardware thing. Huh. I don't... Everyone else I know who does it, like real shows, they actually... Um, they actually have like a real legit sound mixer. <laughs> and that's... I haven't decided if it's worth it to do, you know, goofy, goofy morning zoo radio effects. How much did things like that go for? Um... You know, it depends on how big a one we need, but, you know, hundred, hundreds of dollars. Damn. So. <laughs> Wait, why can't we just use the, like, why can't you just open up sound files in, like, VLC and play them on your computer? I can, but then you can't hear them because you're only getting fed my mic. I would need a third output to feed <laughs> to you two. Why is everything so awful? And remember, we had that for a very short period of time where you guys could hear back when we would play videos, yeah, but yeah. it never quite worked right. I have a small mixer, but it's kind of shitty. I'd have to get like a more legit... Someday, when when I'm looking for new things... I added last night for our, our the winter movie draft on Up for Debate, upfordebate.tv, uh, I actually added a fourth monitor to the setup because I needed the extra real estate and now I decided to keep it there. So nice. <laughs> I'm always figuring out new and innovative ways to overdo it. Um, cause that's we all need our hobby. Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's how we roll. Um, happy Halloween to you both. Any, anything going on with the, with you guys here early on in the show here? What's uh, anything we want to chit chat about? Chit chat. No. I voted this weekend. You vote, oh, that's, that's very exciting. Now, now I, I want to talk about this because this is the first year. How did you vote? Like the 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 method. Like like on a, a ballot. There yeah. was a ballot <laughs> and a, a marker, and I filled in the a piece, of, a piece of paper. Yeah, and you you handed it to them, and they put that little Scantron machine. Uh, it wasn't a Scantron machine. It was so. You go to the counter, you tell them your name and your address, they print out these two stickers. Did they ask you for ID? No. Uh, I just had to know my name. voter fraud, Sean? Well, living in Texas, it's a different experience, but I'll... Mm. So so they gave me two stickers that were identical, uh, and I brought one of them to the people at the ballot. They gave them the ballot. They gave me my ballot, and they put one of the stickers on the envelope the ballot was in. 
I went and I filled out the ballot with the marker. Um, and then I had to bring the ballot in the envelope that I sealed to the police officer. And he took the other sticker. I don't know what he did with the other sticker. And then I put the ballot in, in the, this, it's like just one of those, you know, like boxes that you put secure document boxes. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That seems pretty easy. That's what I loved living in a, in a small, a very small town was that, um, I would just go in, I'd say, Hey, I'm Sean. And they just, guy would just hand me a ballot and I'd fill it out. And then I'd hand it to a different guy and they'd be like, you voted. (laughs) um it it was really easy but no being in texas of course big voter voter id laws here um so you have to show id when you go to vote um although actually legally it's very complicated whether you're not because some judges (laughs) have said some things and others have said other things and actually nobody really knows and um but anyway aside from that i voted electronically for the first time wow on one of those uh on one of the voting machines and i have to say so you go in first of all it's kind of complicated like i'm you know we we know about technology i know about technology and i thought it yeah. was mildly inconvenient but i can't imagine like a senior citizen it's got like a wheel you spin to select like the oh, user God. interface is really terrible <laughs> now, now luckily Why isn't it just a touch screen I, well some of them are so these were these were i don't know if they were old or what but Luckily, in Texas, they have what's known as straight line voting, which is where you just say Democratic Party, and then they just check all the Democrats, or Republican, they check all. So that helps. But of course, on my ballot, they had like a thousand things, because I'm in Harris County, which is, you know, all of Houston. It's a massive yeah. county. So, But I have to say, voting electronically, you make your selection, and there's a big cast vote red button, and you push the button, and then a little American flag gif waves. <laughs> says, thank you for voting. Your vote has been counted. It was the least satisfying experience. They don't even print a receipt. Like I, wow. I, I just you just hit it. Did and you then get you a leave. sticker? They gave me a I sticker. I did get a sticker. That's, I forgot to mention that. Step. I did get you a sticker. Your, yeah, you put your ballot in the box and then they give you a sticker. I felt. See, I got my my sticker before I voted. Oh, that's that's bizarre. So well, was how, a, what if you didn't do it? You'd be walking around with that that fraudulent "I voted" sticker. Absolutely. Yeah. That's. I think that's illegal. I, I don't they, think you they're can all wear worried it. about voter ID laws. They're not worried about like <laughs> voter sticker fraud. <laughs> It's a real epidemic in this country. <laughs> Serious. It's a rigged system. Um, yeah, so it was weird. It was weird. I wasn't expecting that. And I have to say, it was not... I miss filling out the bubbles. Maybe all my standardized testing in, uh, in school yeah. trained me well for that. <laughs> this was actually the first time I ever voted at a polling place. Like, I only ever voted absentee before. Uh, it was crazy, though. I had to, like, read up on the ballot questions beforehand. Oh, Massachusetts had some fun ones this year. Yep, we got to vote on marijuana. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, we had... Charter schools. Yep, there was a charter schools one. I know that's the big one. one. No one, too. Yep. And then... Uh, was there it were casino- four. There, casinos there were, was yeah, one. Was a casino they always one. have casinos in mass. Yeah, it was something like they already did a bunch of casinos, and they were like, oh, but wait, we could do one more. And what's funny is they defeated that last time they wanted additional casinos, and it was defeated last time, and they just got it back on the ballot again. If at first you don't succeed. Uh, You know, they're uh, just going to keep trying. And I don't remember what the fourth was. The other other one was like a animal rights thing. Like, Like, it was like farmers in Massachusetts... It was like prohibiting farmers in Massachusetts from like keeping animals in certain like inhumane mm, conditions. Okay, so it was it was kind of specific about like what what it was. This is a very there, yeah. And then there was one more for Boston. Ah, are you gonna get cool things in Boston? 
It was something about real estate tax. Yeah. Wasn't it was a, a little indir- indirect for me. I know this conversation <laughs> is a little Massachusetts centric. I'm sorry about that. If 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 you live in any of the other 50 states, right. this may right. not apply. Are, they, are, to those, are these called referendum questions? They're Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or ballot initiatives is another it depends Ballots on the state. initiatives. Yeah, that's okay. another. There are different ways to phrase it. Ballot questions. I haven't even heard anything was, about it. So so one thing I thought was weird is that there were like a bunch of people on the ballot and almost all of them were running unopposed. Yeah, Massachusetts so it was just is like, very common. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. The only person besides the president, the only person to vote for to choose between more than one person was like the register of deeds, which I don't even know what that is, frankly. So outside of my polling place, there was a guy handing out flyers and shaking hands. And I overheard he was running for something. So I was really excited. (laughs) Like I've never, I've never gone and voted and met somebody running. Right. So this, I'm oh, this is cool. Like I can shake his hand and then go vote for him. Like, this is really neat. So I go up and he's like, hi, I'm, I'm Bill, whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm running. Here's my fly. I'm like, oh, great. What are you running for? And he goes, I'm, I'm running for uh, justice of the peace. I'm like, I don't even know (laughs) what that does. Isn't doesn't a justice of the peace? Can't they like marry people? I think so. I don't. I I, I, I really couldn't tell crazy. you. And I was like, "All right, guy." Like, and I, I literally what I told him was, I shook his hand. He's like, "You know, can I count on your support?" I'm like, "Guy, I don't know anything about your opponent, but I met you, so I'm going to vote for you." <laughs> Boom, and I voted for Boom. him. And that could, was his strategy. And I, I bet. Honestly, because that nobody pays attention to that race, so I'm like, "All right, sure, buddy, you, you can have my." I don't really give a shit. Like, <laughs> justice. All right. Little did you know, <laughs> I didn't even realize that was a partisan position. Like, a, there's a Democrat and a Republican that run for that. I don't. How do their views differ on being a justice of the peace? I, I literally was baffling but i said all right buddy i hope he wins wow i can look at a uh i can look at a sample ballot for new york and there's there's a a position that only one person is running for and she's already in that position yeah she she uh, rerunning uh unopposed that's a nice feeling yeah yeah right i I wish life were like i don't get any fancy ballot initiatives (laughs) i just am voting people into office it varies by state massachusetts has them every time they're very california is like that they're very liberal so many yeah doesn't california have like dozens of questions yeah because they don't i don't know um it's just it's a low number of signatures yeah they just you know you get 10 people to sign a form and it's on the ballot it's pretty easy (laughs) um in california but that's cool yeah, it's exciting. We got what? We're we're almost a week away. Tomorrow will be a week. Yeah. So Thank get God. excited, get out there and vote. I'd say register to vote, <laughs> but it's too late. So now you have to go <laughs> vote. That's the next step. Every vote counts. Every vote counts, except for the ones for Trump that they throw away, so it's rigged for Hillary. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm no stop. Did you did you look and I we're not gonna get partisan here, but I did think it was amusing that that Trump at one of his rallies this week said to, to the people in the audience, um, he, w- 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 there's two states in the nation that everyone has mail-in ballots, like standard, mm-hmm. and they just mail them out. And I forget which state he was in, but it was one of those two, Colorado maybe. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid the system's rigged and they're going to throw out your, your mail-in ballots. So make sure you also go to the polls and, and vote in person, <laughs> which is against the law, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I'm like, oh, so you're, basically asking your supporters to commit voter fraud. All right. That makes perfect sense. Um, 
All right, good. Well, hopefully there'll still be a country here for our next episode. I want to credit Michael yes. Kurtz on uh, on Facebook for commenting, roll for ballot initiative, he says. <laughs> Very good. Good one. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Michael. And everyone watching live on Facebook right now, facebook.com slash don't panic show, live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central uh, at that location. And if you're watching, uh, be like Mike and uh, comment on Facebook and we'll uh, we might chat about it on the show. All right. All right is right. Um, Why don't we jump in? We got a lot of news this week. It was a pretty action-packed tech week um, in terms of announcements. It's that time of year where that sort of pre-Christmas announcement rush goes on. And and we've got two of the biggest companies, Microsoft and Apple, uh, with their dual announcements this week. Uh, Where do you guys want to start? Or we can start with something else. It's up to you folks. Let's start with Mm. Microsoft. Let's start with Microsoft and their big... Windows announcement. Guys, you may not have heard this, but Microsoft and Windows is for creative people. Oh. No more for business. You you thought it was for business people. Office and the PowerPoints. No. It's for SharePoint, all your points. It's about sharing. That's right, Dan. It's all about creativity. Yeah. Okay. Think about how creative you can be in Excel. Um... That was the theme of their announcement this week, Microsoft and uh, having their big Windows event. Um, Let me quickly touch on the easy stuff, and then we'll get into the difficult stuff. Easy stuff, there's going to be a Windows 10 Creators update in early 2017. It's going to have a bunch of new stuff. I'll tell you what that stuff is now. Paint. Who doesn't love paint on Windows, right? It's it's like a... One of the best parts of Windows. I mean, it's a classic. It's up there with Minesweeper. Um, And what was that? Ski Free. Ski Free. Ski Free as well. Chips Challenge. Uh, the, the, all those, uh, classic, uh, Windows 95, uh, things. Well, paint is back with a vengeance. 3D paint. It is paint, but now you can paint in the third dimension, which is depth. Um, uh, and you'll be able to export them into places like Minecraft. You'll be able to doodle in 3D, use it with your HoloLens and VR. Very exciting, uh, new paint. They also announced Windows VR headsets, uh, which are very similar to the Galaxy Gear, where you'll be able to strap phones into it, um, and, uh, it will run... The uh, oh no, I'm sorry. No, you don't. Stra- no, it has screens in it. My apologies. Let me back that up. It's more Rift style, um, where the screen is built in. Um, they'll start at $2.99 and run Windows Holographic, uh, which is the platform that powers HoloLens. No concrete release dates for that yet. Uh, live broadcasting is going to be built into Xbox with this update. Um, they'll also integrate comments and questions during those live streams. They're also updating Arena to allow players to create their own challenges and custom tournaments. Um, lastly in Windows, Windows People. They're going to make it easier for you to communicate with people within Windows, so they'll have little icons in your taskbar with, like, profile pictures, and so when it's someone... It's called Windows People? Windows People. You know, the, the, the <laughs> sounds like a horror movie. Beware yeah. the Windows People. Um, it'll connect with um, Facebook and with Skype, and so when these people message you, it'll their little face will pop up right in Windows, um, right in the OS. You'll be able to tap them, which is kind of like a poke, but it's a tap. And you'll be able to send them the 3D objects you made in 3D Paint. Now, let's jump into any any anything on that. Well, okay. I know we went no, through it I don't quickly. think so. I think you're ready. You're ready to drop the the big next bomb on us. <laughs> hardware. <laughs> it's all. It's all. About, come on. Let's be real. It's all about hardware. Starting right. with the new Surface Book. Uh, it's been updated to include the new i7 processor and a bigger battery. 
They say up to 16 hours of battery life with even more uh, graphics power and an extra fan to keep it cool. They've also shrunk that hinge. Again, you got to remember the Surface Book you can detach, but it's also a laptop. Um, That will be available in November at the starting price of just Um, (laughs) $2,399. Of course, A, it's running i7. They're not fooling around here. Yes, yeah. But the big hardware piece was the Surface Studio. And if you haven't seen this thing, I recommend checking out visually looking at it. I'll try and describe it as best I can. It's like a giant touchscreen that they put. It, you know, it's kind of funny. I saw some, I don't take credit for this. Someone said on Twitter, you guys remember the original Surface back when it was just oh, yeah. a big table? The table That's thing, kind yeah. of what they did in a way, except it's much sexier and a nicer. slightly more practical than yeah. a table. <laughs> than, a, than a giant table, yes. Um... It is a touchscreen, all-in-one desktop computer. It's only 12.5 millimeters thick, a.k.a. very thin. Um, it has a 28-inch pixel-sense display with multi-touch and really great color. Um, Intel i7. It's got memory and storage, blah, blah, blah. It's got a zero-gravity hinge, so you can look at it kind of as a regular desktop, but also fold it down to an angle for sort of drawing and doing art stuff. That was the whole push, is that it's all about art. Um it's got a lot of other great features, but namely, it starts at $3,000. Limited quantities available this holiday season. Pre-orders starting soon. Um, aside from that, they included the Surface Dial, which is quite interesting. It is a, uh, a device to help you operate the Surface Studio. It is a kind of, it's just a little dial. Uh, it connects via Bluetooth to the computer, provides well, haptic feedback. and what was Describe that? how it actually works. So when you put it on the screen... It's just a puck. Like, it has no... It's not a, a dial in the mechanical sense. It, yes, that is fair. It is dial in name only. Um, it just uses the, the contact with the screen and the location on the screen. And when you twist it, it does it does detect motion um, when you turn it. Um, but it allows you to interact with the screen in a different way um, for things like on-screen menus, uh, for example. The dial will be available in November for $100, but comes free with Surface Studio pre-orders. There you go. A lot to get through, but we got there. What do we think about this announcement? Where do we want to start? Are we, are we in love with the Surface Studio, or are we over it already? I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, yeah, I think that... And I think this is where Apple's going with like the iPad Pro. They just skipped the part where it even pretends to be a desktop. I think mm-hmm. like be, being able to use it as a giant drawing surface is really good for a lot of different kinds of work. Uh, so yeah, I'm on board with this. In uh, this, for the same reasons, I, I like. I wish that I wish that my job allowed me to work this way. And there's no reason it can't. It's just like no one's built a programming language designed to be interacted with as through a pencil. Uh, Yet. No one's made, right, no one's made a spreadsheet application that's touch-based. And it allows you to like draw circles around things and connect things with lines. But there's no reason you couldn't do that. Uh, So yeah, I think this is... This is the future of computing. I don't know if it will, like, I think this is a middle step, and I think Apple jumped to where it will end up being, which is, like, maybe you'll have a stand for your giant uh, screen slab, but it's just going to be a screen slab. It's not going to have a required base or anything. 
And I'm still waiting for the Nintendo Switch of tablets. Like, where 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 do we get the tablet? We can just drop it. I guess the other Microsoft Surface. The Surface, is, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm on board. It's a little expensive, but not. Yeah. It would if Apple made this, it would be just as expensive. So, right. and it looks cool. It looks really cool. It looks great. Yeah. There are also like. Uh, if you if you think about who might be interested in this sort of computer, like the kinds of things people who would be interested in this sort of computer do, like there are like uh, doesn't that company that makes like the pen tablet that has made the pen tablet things forever, like Wacom? They make one it's, it's that has Wacom. Like, Wacom? That's <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, it is. <laughs> Okay, uh, they make one that's like that has a screen and stuff that is like sort of like this, it's except it's not a computer. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but I, I think they were talking some someone on some podcast I was listening to was talking about this, but they're incredibly expensive. They're like sixteen hundred dollars or something. Oh man, this um, has a so, zero gravity hinge. Mm, oh, that's, wow. Now you're sounding like Johnny Ive. All right, yeah. that's, holy, is it okay, intuitive? Sorry. Is it uh, <laughs> is it made of aluminium? <laughs> I think it is, right? It yeah. looks like Yeah, the hinge looked really good. Like most of this computer. Um in any case, my point was if you're already buying a uh $1600 tablet thing in addition to a computer that you run your stuff on, like if this computer is sufficient to do like the things that that thing does and also be a computer then why not? Also, it has the dial thing. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think about the dial? Uh, I, you know, the I give Microsoft a lot of credit because you know what? They're trying stuff. How many of these studios you really think they're going to sell? Some. It's not going to be mass market. That's okay. They did that yeah. with the original Surface. They had no plans to sell a lot of them. Now it's a Surface as a brand, as a as a business, is a billion dollars. You know, a billion dollar business. I guarantee they didn't think it was going to get there. I give them credit for trying. They may end up hating the dial. But I think it's a really cool idea. They built it. They're going to let people try it and test it out. People seem interested. Again, the problem with the studio overall, including the dial, is it's a, it's a niche product. So the dial is really sure. good for a handful of things. We'll talk about the touch bar when we get to Apple, which <laughs> I am interested to compare and contrast, which is kind of more useful. But I think the dial combined with the pen, combined with touch, combined with the mouse and keyboard creates a very versatile experience that, you know, Dan, you were kind of comparing this to the iPad that I think the iPad struggles to give you. I, I like the idea of this being such a diverse device. One of the big things they showed that I thought was really exciting, just as somebody who does a little bit of graphic design and layout and stuff, was that the... the um, the, the quality of the display and the size of the display is good enough that it has real size page previews. Like literal eight and a half by 11 inch pages. Mm. You can see how they would really lay out on a real page. Windows, that's, to my knowledge, like that's very, you don't have computers that do that. Like that alone is very cool. But you can only get that when you have a giant touch screen and you have it with such a quality screen that enables that for that, uh, for that to work. So... I um I'm 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 awesome. I was like I had my credit card out during this announcement 
right up to when they announced it was $3,000. And I was like, <laughs> oh, hell no. Let me know when there's the cheap <laughs> consumer version. And I will buy one in a heartbeat because I think... I get, you know, we gave Microsoft a lot of shit for Windows 8, and oh, Windows 8 sucks, and it's confusing, and nobody likes touch, and it's weird, and I don't get it. And yeah, Windows 8 did suck, but you know what? Windows 10 is pretty good, and it enables devices like this, which Mac OS cannot do. That's all I'm saying. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah, I think this is cool. The, I think it suffers, and we'll get to the touch bar, but it, the same iPad has the same problem. It suffers from the same problem as the iPad where you need to you can't just run Excel on this as using it as a touch screen and expect it to work. Mm-hmm. So if all of these very popular applications like Photoshop and Excel and Word are not designed or PowerPoint are not designed to be used as touch screens and, and they don't have to be used as a touch screen then no one will convert them to be a touch screen. And no one will use them as a touchscreen. Then no one will want to buy a touchscreen computer because what's the point? And the iPad has the same problem where there's, you know, what can you really do on an iPad? Like, there's some cool drawing creative stuff. There's a little bit of that, but there's nothing that you can, like, there's no, there's no mission critical application that can only be done on an iPad. And the... There's no reason. I think in the, we will see that. Like in the next ten years, there will be this great new business application that runs on an iPad only, or a touch device only, and you you can't be just going around and running it on a desktop computer or a laptop. It doesn't have a touchscreen. It it just won't work. But we're not there yet. Well, and I think it creates a vacuum in the marketplace, to be honest, when, when you talk about businesses, because we saw two events from the two biggest computing companies on the planet, Microsoft and Apple, both focused on creatives, quote unquote, whatever that means. They were in no way focused. You, you saw Apple ex- explaining how you can be a DJ on your computer. You had Microsoft <laughs> explaining how you could doodle comic books on your computer. Nobody was talking about businesses. What does this mean for business? And that's still where these companies, well, it's where Microsoft makes a shit ton of money. It's where Apple's trying to make more money because they're a little bit saturated in the consumer market. I'm curious how this technology because the few, if you watch the whole announcement, most people focused on the photoshops and you're right, that's some of the art stuff. But they had some really good demos with like using a pen to edit a Word document and being able to write notes and write that translates your handwriting and highlighting and like you scribble out a paragraph and Word automatically deletes it and reformats it. Like I want to see that translated into, obviously you, most companies aren't going to buy $3,000 Surface Studios. I want to see how that applies in a more practical sense. So that's what makes me excited is not the surface studio. It's what it enables in the future. Cause this yeah. is a very niche product today. Yeah. And I think things like, uh, you're only going to make a write a word document with a touch screen. If you do almost everything else in a touch screen or you're under the age of 12. <laughs> uh, yes. No, that's, so, though, like, the, like, just making Word touch enabled isn't, like, you need to do that, but it's not going to really move the needle. Yeah, and I'm surprised. You'd think Microsoft, Microsoft seems to be in the best position to pull off this touch screen in the workplace revolution. Absolutely. Uh, I, and maybe that's what they'll focus well, on next. I actually might challenge you on that. And here's why. Devices that are being brought into businesses today, and I use business not in like the business you guys work in because that's a little different in terms of technology. I'm just saying you're kind of generic business. 
the only touch devices that are being brought in are iPhones and iPads. Yeah, that's true. And that is where they're getting the initial, um, you know, jolt um, from uh, from from the touch. Uh, from the touch-enabled devices. So I think if Apple can sustain that foothold and get companies to build iPad apps and to... Well, they had that big IBM partnership. Exactly. And 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 companies are being more and more Apple-friendly with their IT policies. And they, you know, my company, we're just about to go to Windows 10, um, which is a big deal because we're still on 7. We skipped 8. Um, that will technically, potentially enable to touch devices. So, you know, companies just take a long time to get this. But that's, I think, why kind of... They have to make these reference devices like the book, the Surface Book and the Surface Studio that tell businesses, look, it's okay. We're going there. We're <laughs> leading the charge. You can, you can believe in us. Uh, now, it's been pointed out to me, and, and I see it here. We have a Facebook question. Mike Kurtz, number one fan. Uh, Ooh, new number one fan. Number fa- well, oh, look, he's, he's, uh, look, we love people who comment on Facebook while we do this live. <laughs> he has a very good question. I actually did the research for this while we were talking. He asks, is the surface dial magnetic? He says, if I want to use it multiple times in succession, will I need to keep picking it up and holding it there? Now, in the research I did quickly here, as far as I can tell, it is not. Oh, what? It, it is not. I'm sure it has some sort of uh, oh, it's, it just light used friction like- surface. But again... The screen, if you have it at a low enough angle, I'm sure it's not going to slide off. Now, if you want to use it more vertically, yes, you're going to have to hold it there. Um, but I, th- I think the angle is low enough on this computer that it's not going to slide off. Uh, but that is a really good question. I, I don't know how they could make it magnetic and not screw with the screen. Um, but I'm not an engineer, so... <laughs> Honestly, if anyone would do it, I'll give Microsoft credit for that. But... Um, but yeah, great question. Keep them coming on Facebook if you've got them. Uh, we'll do our best to, as non-experts in anything, we'll do our best to answer them. Um, yeah, I think it's really exciting. I, I'm honestly, we used to be really excited for Apple events. I'm really excited for Microsoft events. Like they announce cool shit. So I'm. We got Hololens and VR, and they're doing some cool stuff there. And you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying all this 3D stuff, but. <laughs> it's neat it's neat i you know i i like cool innovative stuff so and they're having another event this week or next week but it's more enterprise focused they're going to announce their slack competitor oh my microsoft teams um but we'll have full coverage if it's worth discussing on uh on a future episode <laughs> uh we usually don't cover that kind of stuff but you know we'll We'll certainly see any any lasting thoughts on uh, on Microsoft and their uh, Surface event. Is anyone going to take the Surface Studio challenge? Oh God, I would love to. <laughs> oh, you know what? I am gonna I am gonna make a point to go to the Microsoft store. I actually kind of want to see this I thing think, in person. I think that's fair. I would do Is that too. A, I would love a to. Microsoft I, I want to try the dial. Yeah, there's one yeah, not I too do far. Yeah, I want to try the dial. You know what? I'll I'll make the deal. If I go to the Microsoft store, I will stream it live on the Don't Panic Facebook page. Oh, perfect! Right. And you guys can watch Amazing. as I as I try that and the Surface Book, which I'm told is <laughs> is an imp- which they say is an improvement, and uh, even the Windows VR headsets. Maybe I'll strap one on my head. Maybe not, but maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, you don't know at the Microsoft store. You know whose face has been on those. There's a Microsoft store in Boston too. Yeah, they get around. Actually, I think no, the Apple Store is closer to me. But there is actually, and what's great is my Microsoft store is right next to a Lego store. So it's like a win-win. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I can get some Legos. Amazing. Definitely. <laughs> I, I can just imagine like, hmm, I can buy a Surface Studio for $3,000 or get $3,000 worth of Legos. <laughs> mm, that's I a tough like call. all the Legos you have. 
<laughs> Although honestly, if you've know, seen man. some of those sets, they're pretty expensive now. Yeah, you know, it's like you get the what was I, I was looking at the they had the helicarrier from the Avengers movies. Oh my gosh! And it was like four hundred dollars, but it was I love, awesome. Like I love the big Star Wars ones. Oh like, yeah, the giant Millennium Falcon. You, know, you get the big Death Star. It's like you know as big as you. Right. So impractical. If I had like. Just a, just an abundance, a plethora of space to put things in. I might consider that, but not today. Not today. All right. Well, we're going to continue on to the other big announcement this week from our friends at the Apple Corporation. They uh, gave us some new things to talk about, so let's talk about them. Uh, we'll start with the again the light stuff and work our way onto the hardware. Um, Apple TV is getting an update. Um, they're getting Minecraft, so that's exciting. I don't know why you would want to play Minecraft on your Apple TV, but you can. Good good for them. But really, the big update is a new TV app that they've cleverly called TV. And it's a unified hub for content across all the apps you have on Apple TV. It uses the single sign-on method we talked about during uh, the last TVOS event where you just give Apple your cable TV credentials or your whatever, and they'll log you into everything automatically. Um, when you download new apps, they'll automatically, the TV app will know you downloaded them. So it'll, you know, if you have stars, it'll put all the stars content in there. And if you have Hulu, it'll put all the Hulu content in there. Um, it'll track what you watch. So if you watch something, it'll say, Hey, you can resume something you were watching. Um, if you tap to play something, it doesn't take you to like a splash screen and then, no, it takes you directly to the video. So it's just got some advantages. It's got Siri integration. Um, it flags live TV versus recorded TV. So if you have access to like ESPN, you can say to Siri through the TV app, hey, I want to watch ESPN, and it can do that. Um, and uh, the TV app is not only available for Apple TV, it will also be on iPads and iPhones um, coming soon. When, uh, do we know when exactly it is coming? I think they said December, if my memory is working is working correctly, but I don't remember if that was all devices in December. Cool. Um, but it's coming somewhere by December. All right. Of course, you have to have the new version of Apple TV that runs tvOS. Right, right. Uh, so the caveats on this are that it doesn't work with Netflix and something else, Amazon right? Amazon Video. Oh, Amazon. I mean, it continues to not work with it. Yeah. <laughs> fair, um, fair enough. Fair point. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I routinely forget I have Amazon streaming because they don't There's have There's not Apple much on there. I just want... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I Mozart in things. the Jungle is that yeah, one show that I like. And I, uh, there's probably a new season, but I, don't, uh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty lame that it doesn't work with Netflix. Uh, I kind of understand. I could imagine why Netflix doesn't might not be super into having it do that. Um, that being said, though, I think I'm fine with that because Netflix is the, the the TV like the app, like the streaming app that I hate the least. Like theirs is the least crappy. It does the least worst things. Um for example, the HBO Go app where I constantly find myself scrolling through every single episode of a show that was ever made to get to the one I haven't watched yet. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Um, so and and the Hulu app is also terrible. I, I'm, I'm I don't know. <laughs> it just has so many clicks. 
So <laughs> I always the Hulu app I like click the show and I click like the the picture with the play button and then it brings me to the episode page and I have to click play again. Mm-hmm. Drives me insane. Yeah. Um so if this can save me from some of some of that like frustration, it's fine. Uh I would love for it to work with Netflix, but it's an interesting idea i just feel like it's kind of a half-assed idea like first of all you have to have an apple tv really i mean yeah you can use it on your ipad or your iphone but really it's for apple tv so you gotta have the new apple tv two you have to be okay with it not having netflix and amazon video which means you still have to have that app separately three you have to have enough apps to fill this thing like how many apps do you have that integrate with this won't this get better once they finally they've been talking about this since they announced the apple tv uh have their single sign-on thing working so you log in with your all of the passwords for all of the different cable networks that you can convince your friends to give you well that's and what it is it they- figures out and then it figures out what tv shows you can watch with those across which apps without yeah. even you having to have installed them that's when i think this gets really good is it can say all right you want to watch westworld that's on hbo you want to watch uh that sports game well i see you have like a comcast account and through that you can get espn so if you download the espn app we can play this game there there are also like a surprising number of like apps you can use without i i don't know if it's not necessarily without a cable subscription but like uh, yeah, you get like you the sign in with your cable episodes or something, right? Like, like the CW and like NBC Sports when they have football games or whatever they stream on there usually, or like the the Olympics or stuff like that. So, like, I have a bunch of apps on my Apple TV. I use like three of them on a regular basis, yeah. but I've used all of them at some point. Yeah, I think it's going to work best if you have a, a a fully fleshed out cable subscription because then you're going to get access to you know the History Channel app and the Lifetime Channel app and you're you're going to get a ton more content that way. Um, but I think you're right. I think I'm just a, I would just worry that your average person going into it is going to feel like it's light, like there's not a lot of depth to the app because they don't they're not going to fi- if you don't find content there, there's no point in having it. Um, and I, I just wondered, as Dan pointed out, if the single sign-on is going to do a good job of letting you know preemptively, Dan, you have a Comcast cable package with 100 channels. These are the channels that have apps you can stream. You know, How aggressive is it going to be in, in telling you ahead of time? Or does Dan have to actually go and say, I want the National Geographic app. Oh, turns out I can use my Comcast login with it. Oh, ter- I'm curious yeah. how active it is. I hope that when I hope they release both those things at the same time when you <clears throat> open up the TV app it asks you to set up the single sign-on because then it could know all of those things. Yes, and I and I would I would hope it does because I think that's a great experience if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a real missed opportunity if it didn't do that uh, because, I don't know, like you said, if like you sign up and you see, okay, like my Hulu shows and that's it. Like not, not, super, compel- not a super compelling reason to like go back yep. and see this again, but... I don't know. It's a good start. Right. Um, by the way, one thing, it's not in here. We can talk about it very briefly. Did you guys hear that uh, AirPods are delayed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, AirPods are <laughs> supposed to come out uh, in October. Well, it's October 31st and no AirPods. Yeah, they're delayed with no date. No announced date. So you could argue they're delayed indefinitely. Um, well, until- you have to imagine that if they were planning on shipping them, 
in when do they announce those? September in October that they are all already made. You would hope. Well, yeah, but it's Apple. Like they don't say that they're going to do something when it's literally impossible. They must have like they were already manufacturing them. When and they ran into some clearly kind of because issue. they like they had some, but I'm sure they have a lot more. Mm. So I hope it's just a software thing and it's like delayed until November. But we'll see. <laughs> they, they suddenly realize that Bluetooth is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> too little, oh, too late. No. <laughs> I can't when was the last time Apple announced a, a product and it got delayed like this? I'm Watch OS two. They said it was supposed to come out a certain day and they delayed it a week because of some bug. Uh, but that's well, that's software though. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what the real story behind that is, but we'll keep everyone apprised as we hear the real scoop behind AirPods. But now we got to talk about this event, the MacBook Pro, marking its 25th anniversary uh, this week. Congratulations. Happy birthday to the original PowerBook. Now the MacBook Pro is shiny and newer. Guys, guess what? You'll never believe this. It's thinner. <laughs> they made it thinner. You didn't think it was possible, did you? You you scoffed at Apple and said, "Cannot be done." Well, you're wrong. It is now four, depending on which model you get, fourteen to seventeen percent thinner, and even better, it's almost half a pound lighter. Colby, did you ever look at your MacBook and say this computer is too thick and too heavy? My fifteen-inch MacBook, absolutely. Every single day, I have to <laughs> lug it to work. <laughs> well, you were in luck. Yes. Yeah, I am. It's it's actually great timing for me because like coming up in like six months or so, it's the time when I can get a new computer at work. So, well, you're going to like this one. It comes in 13 and 15 inch models in either silver or space gray. Uh, it's got a force tr- touch trackpad that is giant. If you've seen it, That's it's huge. Cute. Oh, my God. It's like they strapped an iPad mini in there. Um, and uh, a second-generation butterfly switch for the keyboard. They say it's the best keyboard they've ever made. Um, <laughs> they're offering, depending on which model you get, up to a core i7 processor, AMD Radeon Pro graphics, uh, 16 gigabytes of RAM. The 13-inch has a little less than that. Four USB-C Thunderbolt 3 ports, any of which can be used to charge the computer, along with, and are you ready for this, a 3.5-millimeter headphone jack. Yes, the headphone jack lives on, um, although the SD card slot has been removed and MagSafe is dead. I so I mean there are there are plenty of things to talk about here here. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do like a lightning jack for like I maybe that wouldn't make sense cuz you wouldn't use it for anything else but you don't use a three, uh, head, the 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 quarter inch the regular headphone jack for anything else either. I don't know. Yeah, it is going to be you're going to need a dongle to plug your lightning headphones into your <laughs> Into right. your MacBook. You're just going to so have to you carry need a, a dongle whole bag to of plug dongles. in this. Right. Uh. And a dongle to connect your lightning phone to your USB-C port. <laughs> oh, I guess they probably have a cable. Maybe that does both. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you can get a, a, a USB-C to lightning cable. More cables you got to buy. Oh, my God. Apple are smart. Like, they're not They're not <laughs> stupid. See, that's a, the, the phone, phone to computer is a connection that I haven't made in three years or so so like that's not a problem that i have am i the only one who Uh, still manually syncs his phone to itunes yes absolutely (laughs) i don't trust the icloud (laughs) um the uh, 
like nothing plugs into my computer anymore. I, I I mean, podcast stuff plugs into my computer, but I don't, I, I don't, not my laptop. Like I use the desktop for that. It will be, I will have to get, I would have to get like a, a dock or well, some sort of like Thunderbolt, the, the display port shaped Thunderbolt to USB C mm-hmm. uh, for the monitor. I mean, that, that that is the advantage to these USB-C ports, is it can be USB-C, Thunderbolt, HDMI, DisplayPort, mini Display. I mean, it can be 18 different ports. You just need an adapter. Right. Uh, the thing I do think is cool is that you can power it from either side. Like, you never have to cross over with your power cord. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're on the train or something and, and the, the power's on the wrong side, like, you're in the aisle seat and you have to, like, reach... Uh, but you lose uh, MagSafe, so be careful. Yeah, true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Be careful, though. I don't. That yeah. hasn't been a problem for me with the tiny MacBook yet. Okay, that's good to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair MagSafe enough. has always been one of my favorite MacBook features. So I'm gonna miss it. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Well, I the news is, Dan, you might have a new MacBook feature because we have the Touch Bar. Wow. The touch bar is an OLED display strip that lives right above the keyboard, takes the place of the function keys, rest in peace function keys. Uh, they're just killing stuff left and right here. Um, it is an, a touch screen, this OLED screen. It's a, it's a long strip, goes the whole way. And on one end of it is a sapphire co- uh, covered touch ID sensor. Um Let's see. I will read this description because it does a better job than I could say it. The Retina Display Bar replaces the keyboard's function keys in response to touch and gestures. It also changes with the software. So, for example, if a user is in a web browser, the touch bar will bring up bookmarks, as well as the option to add a new tab, move between tabs, or navigate to a different website, including showing real-time previews of what those tabs look like. Um, In photos, you have editing controls. You've got... um, obviously function keys and system controls and of course it will be integrated with um third-party apps so they showed a dj application where you can mix and change the songs or you can edit in final cut <laughs> pro with it the dumbest demo <laughs> i was enjo- i was rocking out i was enjoying it uh, but the guy looked I mean, like a tool i thought it was so. funny but it was it was like no one's gonna do that. I, no. maybe they will. I you just know. wait till people are djing with their touch strip their touch bar <laughs> wiki wiki um <laughs> And of course, yeah, of course, Touch ID as well, as I mentioned, integrated right into the power button on the strip. Um, it uses the same sensor from the iPhone 6S and 7, um, and you'll be able to use it to switch between accounts and make payments online, and third-party apps will be able to use it as well. Cool. So, so you go. So we should compare this against the well, Microsoft strategy. So Apple made a big point of, like, saying how they don't think that you should be reaching up and touching the screen of a device that has a keyboard attached to yes. it. And they're so exactly that's right. why the touchy part is on the part where the keyboard is. And yeah, I was I'm fairly positive on this. I think again, I think it's uh, a halfway step. Uh cl- I think Microsoft is closer to the end solution than Apple is with this. But I was really impressed with how much support they had out of the gate. They had support for all of the, like, the Apple apps you'd want. And they had cool things that weren't just buttons, like showing you the previews of all your tabs in Safari and the different iPhoto filters and stuff. <clears throat> and also terminal support. 
which blew my mind. Terminal and Xcode support. And this is starting to get into my dream of having modern touch VR developer tools. Uh, very baby step. Baby step. <laughs> but it was, it was cool to see that. Uh, yeah. So, but I think as other people on, online have pointed out, I like my big screen in front of my face. And I don't ever type. I type on a laptop maybe a f- like a fifth of my work week. I'm typing on a laptop, uh, which is not enough to justify ever wanting a touch bar. Like I wouldn't make it a part of how I work if I didn't also have it on my keyboard. And I'm unlike even if Apple did announce an external keyboard that had a touch bar, I'd be unlikely to buy it because I like my crazy clicky keyboard. So I'm never going to use this. I, I never thought about a, a a peripheral with a touch bar built in. That's a really good idea. <laughs> and I think it is a good idea because you could bring that right to the desktop. And a desktop's an even worse place to have touch in some ways than yeah. a laptop is. Yeah, I I could not, I own a touchscreen laptop and I never use the touch because you don't want to reach over the keyboard. It is a shit experience. I hate it. I totally agree. It doesn't make sense. And I love the idea of, of the touchscreen should be where your hands are. That's why it makes sense on an iPad, because your hands are there and the, the keyboard is on screen. So I think the touch bar should be where your hands are, the keyboard and trackpad. So to me, it actually makes a lot of sense. I, I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of this. And frankly, I would go out on a limb and say this, this new MacBook Pro is probably, in my opinion, the best laptop you can probably buy in terms of new features, exciting features, all the different thinness and all that. I, I really think it's a great experience, but in a second, I'll, I'll let Colby jump in on touch bar, but um, I want to challenge when we talk about desktops, but I think mm. for laptops, I think this is an outstanding product. What do you think, Colby? So I think, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a neat. Um, so I think the the giant surface tablet thing is like a whole whole new world of stuff. Like it's the paradigm there is fully touch, whereas this is sort of a like this is like, okay, we have a laptop. Like I think this is like uh enhancing like the laptop use case, not trying to be something new necessarily. Uh and I think that's a good thing. And I say that as a person who uses a laptop a lot. Uh, unlike Dan, I spend probably two days a week working on a laptop, which is terrible for my posture. But uh, it is what I end up doing when I work from home, inevitably. Um, so I can see myself using it. Uh, I think some of the things they demoed were a little like, uh, like I can't see... Like, I can't see myself swiping through photos with the touch bar when I could instead swipe through photos with the trackpad. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, there's no benefit there. Um, I can see it being cool. Uh, I think some of the the Photoshop demo got into this where you have, like, an extra axis of, like, manipulation. So, like, you can move things around on your trackpad and, like, change the color as you're moving on the touch bar. I think that's really cool for... um, uh, like sorts of the different sorts of creative applications. I think that's neat. Um, and I also think the, uh, it seems like really impressive, like how much customization you can add, like for your app, 
like to do different things on the touch bar. I think that's neat for uh, like surfacing maybe hidden features to people who might not have seen them or uh, just having an extra like having more space for that. I think it's cool feel a little weird about the escape key not being a real key (laughs) and also it seems like not being in exactly the same place as it always is but uh yeah i think i'm feeling net positive i think i think you pointed out something colby that i would really uh, i'll double down on which is uh, from both companies this week we saw new forms of user interaction that weren't gimmicks which I am so sick of. The Nintendo Wii, I think, is a good example of user interface. Connect, I think, is a good example. They're gimmicks. They never ended up finding great uses for those. They are maybe a little bit now, but not really. I think the dial could be a really interesting user interface device. It doesn't radically change the game, but it does give people a different option. Again, that two-handed, now we've got pen and dial or, or touch and dial or even mouse and dial. And I think Apple has done that, where you've got touch bar and trackpad, or touch pad and key, uh, uh, touch bar and keyboard, and you, you've got this multitasking ability with these different interfaces. And some tools are going to be better on one than the other. Sometimes you're right; it's going to make no sense to use the touch bar if you're going through your photos. You're right; you can just use the 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 the, the world's largest trackpad um, that they've strapped on this thing. But I just like the ability to have the options and the creativities. Now, app developers can really go crazy. And build some cool stuff for these. And I thought both companies gave us that. And that was very exciting about this week. What's odd for me is the distinction between the laptop and the desktop computing environments. Because I really feel this is a really great laptop. If I were on the market for a laptop, comparing this to the Windows options, I really like this MacBook. But if I spend 90% of my time at a desk, which I do, um, just for me as an example, would I buy an iMac? No, I would buy some of the cool, innovative stuff Windows is doing, and not even just the studio. They, they are coming out with a lot of really great all-in-ones with touch. They're not as full-featured, but I think they're more competent desktop computers. Um, I just think it's an interesting dichotomy between these companies that, that they're innovating on different platforms, kind of. I mean, they would argue differently, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I... I have a hard time, like, I'm having a hard time, like, thinking about this because I have never worked at a company that had desktop computers. Like, I've always worked <laughs> at companies that had, like, everyone had a laptop and you, like, plugged it into the monitor, a monitor when you get there, um, when you get to work and then you leave and you take well, your but laptop that's ki- with you. That's kind of a desktop, uh, though. Sure. But, uh, so, you- so, like... Lots of lots of people I I know will like type on their laptop and like their laptop is an extension of their uh, monitor. Okay, uh, or they have it open or you know whatever. But in any case, like there is benefit to it being a laptop. So so I have, um, I don't know. Like I would rather see them update their laptop if they were going to pick one or the other, Sure. which it seems like, I mean, obviously they picked one or the other. I'd rather see them update the laptops. Absolutely. I feel like laptops are the flagship. Like I, I would love to see the numbers, but I, I think desktop is more of a niche. Yeah, market well, sure. Although I'm, I'm going to say, to be fair, they also haven't updated the processors or the hardware themselves in quite a while yeah, on those. So. A, well, right. 
that and, I mean, that's out. the same problem. Like that's what happened with the MacBooks until this week. It's yeah, it's like, a long time. Nothing had changed. It well, you, I my computer that I have that I've had for the last two and a half years. It my work computer. It's like the same one you could buy until uh, last week, which is silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I forget. I don't. I don't think I was going anywhere. Anywhere else? <laughs> no. It's it's. It's a good computer. They they put out a good computer. It's a really great laptop. I think anyone who buys it would be satisfied in buying it. Are you going to use the Touch Bar every day? I don't know yet. We I don't I don't think anyone can say for sure. I think that's something that comes with time. Um especially seeing how developers use it and how comfortable people are using it, but you know, even if would you say this would be a good computer without the Touch Bar? Uh, I think so. It would. You know, I don't think it would be very exciting. I mean, I don't think there would be anything to talk about, really. Yeah, that's it would true. No, just and be a- I don't think they could raise the price if it didn't have the touch. That bar. is true. There is an there is an entry level version of this. It's the it's a so they're doing the 15 inch and then they're doing two 13 inches, one with touch bar and one without. The one without is their entry level Lex touch bar has only two USB C Thunderbolt ports and it starts at 14.99. It's actually, yeah. and believe it or not, because, it, it, you know, they're kind of ending the MacBook Air unofficially, but they didn't announce any updates. The um, the 13-inch Pro is actually thinner and smaller than the older MacBook Air. <laughs> it is still for sale, but they haven't updated any of the internals on the old MacBook Air. Yeah, I don't get... Okay, don't include the touch bar, that's great. But you're also going to drop two USB ports... Like, there's no reason you have to do that, except if you want to push people up to the but, more expensive one. But what's weird to me, and again, I'm not by any stretch an expert in Thunderbolt, but I have always been under the impression that those ports can power a lot on their own. Like, I don't know why you would need four when every demonstration I've seen, you only need one to plug in a dock that gives you a shit ton of ports anyway. Yep. Maybe it's like monitor stuff. So so I do remember oh, this was a while ago and there was like all kinds of speculation about the new Apple displays and stuff. And they were talking about like how like the hardware you would need to drive like two 5K displays or something. And there was like people talking about things about like the the connections between the ports and the CPU or the GPU or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like maybe it is more expensive than it seems to have like four ports that can all run a separate display or something i don't even know if that's possible like can you plug in four monitors to this thing maybe maybe not um you can to the though at least the one that has four parts like they showed in the presentation yeah right so but i think you can only drive one monitor per port sure but that's four monitors so like maybe one that has four ports yeah right so uh, maybe there are other things at play. I, I don't know. I, it's a good question. I don't know why they, they've gone ahead and taken away those ports. Because they, they want you to pay for the big one, Dan. That's, you know, <laughs> as good a reason as you're going to get. So, yeah. Um, so check those out. Coming to an Apple store near you soon. Is anyone taking the touch bar challenge? No, Possibly. I'll never use it. No. I'm kind of sad. I don't, think, it, it, I don't think it's worth going out and picking up a new computer. I think if you're going to buy one anyway, but right. it's not a must-have. But it's cool. Hey, look, I, I'm all for cool new computer stuff. So I, I would say two successful, relatively successful announcements. I wouldn't say anything was amiss. 
a mistake, yeah. an error. Yeah. It's all, all good stuff. Yeah. It was a positive episode. Um, <laughs> and that's good. We didn't. We ran out of time to talk about the death of Vine. Uh-huh. Which I had a lot to say, but I guess we'll have to wait till next week. <laughs> Pours one out. I love Vine. I'm going to miss Vine. Vine was great. But you'll have to tune next week to find out why I think that's true because we've got to move on to picks before we run out of time. And we've got uh, a lot of stuff for people to watch and listen to, which is, uh, which is always great. I don't, I don't know how anyone has time to listen and view all our picks every week, but we're going to share them anyway. Um, and we will start with me because I'm at the top of the list here and I decided I wanted to do that. Um, I'm shocked I didn't pick this on the show before because I've been a fan of it since it started. Um, documentary Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. So... This is uh, Bill Hader and um, Fred Armisen, who you may know from SNL, and they're just generally funny guys, along with Seth Meyers, who writes it. It is a documentary, not parody, uh, but kind of parody series. And so they've done two seasons. The second season just finished airing. The first season is on Netflix, um, and you can check it out there. And they're just little half-hour bits, but they parody famous documentaries and it's incredibly smart and incredibly hilarious um, content. Uh, Bill and Fred are so great in this. They're so funny. And what's great is if you've actually seen any of the documentaries these are based on, they're actually like kind of really accurate. I recommend <laughs> season one is on Netflix. Season two on the IFC website, they have Juan Likes Rice and Chicken for free. It's a take on, I don't know if you guys ever saw Hero Loves Sushi. It's a parody yep. of that. It is so expertly done. <laughs> it's, it's probably one of my favorite things i've watched all year it's exceptionally well done so season two is on ifc now if you have on demand you can get it season one is available on um on uh netflix i recommend if you want to start with a great one gentle and soft the story of the blue jean committee which kind of parodies uh documentaries about music bands really funny really great so check that out documentary now um i'm a big fan i think you should watch it and they're half hour you'll go through them pretty quick so no worries there um, speaking of documentaries, Dan, yeah, what do you got for us here? Uh, so I have never been a big fan of Michael Moore documentaries. I think he is, you know, kind of an asshole. Uh, does that sort of gotcha journalism thing? But I had heard good things about his new one, and it's only like an hour long. So I picked it up on iTunes this weekend, and I watched it. And I was pleasantly surprised. He was, for like 90% of the movie, not an asshole. And it was funny, but it was also really touching. Uh, so he does this... He gets up on stage in some small town in Ohio and just talks to the audience for an hour about politics. Uh, and it's actually kind of sweet, for the most part, right up until the end. Like, he's not... It, the ending doesn't ruin it by any means, but... So he talks about, uh, you know, Trump and why people are voting for Trump and how we have to understand those people, but how we need to be able to see, like, the good in everyone. And it's so crazy how, like, everyone everyone is always the worst and no one has any redeeming quality. He talks about a bunch of these things. And at the end, he's, like, says some stuff. And then he starts talking very briefly for, like, 20 seconds about uh, banning, like, uh, disbanding Monsanto and a bunch of other stuff it's like okay buddy uh <laughs> but yeah and uh oh outlawing uh corn syrup uh so but 
for most of it, it was really good, really funny, and not at all like the Michael Moore I remember. So I recommend picking up whatever he called it, Michael Moore in Trumpland. Available now, four ninety nine on iTunes. Yep. Yep. Fair deal. You can watch it on your on your shiny Apple TV. You can. It'll come up on your TV app. Um, I couldn't do that because the TV app isn't out yet. It's not out. Dang it. Dang it. Soon. All right. Very good, Dan. Links, of course, to that and all our picks will be on the website. Colby. So we've got a, a series to watch. We've got a movie to watch, and now we need something to listen to. What have you got for mm-hmm. us? Uh, I've got a podcast. It is called Decoding Westworld. It's like a Westworld analysis podcast. So every week at the beginning of the week after the new Westworld episode comes out, they, they, they do this podcast. Um, it's the same host as a, a, a show. I think I picked a while ago. I can't remember the title, but it's like the same thing about game of Thrones. Um, and I like the hosts and I think they do a good job. They seem to be pretty well informed. They actually had. So, so, uh, Today they had a like a bonus episode where they had one of the the person who directed episode four of Westworld on the show and they just talked with him about it and that was really cool and un, un, unexpected. Nothing like that has ever happened before. Um so I thought that was really interesting. Uh but it it it, it kind of gets gets me some of my Game of Thrones fix where I like to like speculate and it's it's amusing to hear all the theories about like that the internet has about what's going on and and hear other people's takes on like what could be happening or why so if you're into that sort of thing and also into westworld it's a it's a good listen and sean you finally watched westworld after our wager i did i lost but really i won because i watched (laughs) westworld so really (laughs) jokes on you dan (laughs) Um, I won and yes I've watched the first two episodes and gosh darn it I really enjoy it excellent but I'm so afraid anytime I get into these kind of like super mysterious serialized high concept dramas I'm always afraid they're going to go off the rails any second like I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting for them to like do something stupid or just nonsensical I'm so worried you typically don't have to worry about that until season two. Yeah, and you're, you know what? You're exactly right. So I'm going to, fingers crossed, I'm going to hopefully get through the whole first season and nothing's going to screw it up. But <laughs> so far, the first two are really good. And I, Colby, I'm going to subscribe and listen to the first episode on my way to work tomorrow. So nice. A+. plus. I'm, I'm looking forward to... Because I, I know I've seen on Twitter go by, a lot of people have fan theories, and I'm a little behind. So at least this <laughs> way, I can listen to one episode at a time as I do the episodes yeah. and won't get spoiled. So. Yeah. Uh, they also they do a good job not they don't spoil so I think both of them are journalists or like entertainment journalists of some form mm-hmm. um, and so one of the hosts had seen the first four episodes before everyone else uh, yeah uh, because of that so they were very very diligent about <laughs> not uh like jumping ahead or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're all caught up now, I would assume. Yeah, very good. But yeah, it's good cool. stuff. All right, excellent pick. Excellent picks all around. This is fantastic. But we're out of time for this week, guys. Oh, no. I know. Can you believe it? Well, before we go, a couple things we got to get through first. First of all, I think everyone should go to upfordebate.tv because yesterday we did our 2016 winter movie draft with these two guys, as well as Matt, Phil, Sarah, and Mike. The whole gang was there. 
Uh, we drafted 30 movies across six people, and we're going to see who wins the league at the end of the winter. You can go to upfordebate.tv slash movies, see the whole list, and the episode is up on the website as well, so you can check it out. Um, it's very exciting. That was a lot of fun. I, I hope you guys had fun. I did. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an exciting winter. Um, I also recommend people go to our website, don'tpanic.io. It's got all our episodes, past, present, and future in audio and video form. Uh, of course, the pics are there as well, and links to where you can subscribe, places like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, um, and basically anywhere you get podcasts, most major podcast apps. Of course, you can subscribe on YouTube, get the video version, HD, looks great, youtube.com slash don'tpanicshow. And, uh, and lastly, all the places you can follow us, of course, live Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central at Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Don't Panic Show as well. We are back next week, gentlemen. Yes? Yep. That's right. See why not? At, absolutely. And hopefully there'll be even more exciting tech news. We had a full episode this week, and I'm sure we'll have one next week. So on behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean thanking all of you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to see you next time for even more spooktacular news here on Don't Panic. Had to, had to sneak that last one in.